0: Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value anything. Feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good, and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life, to build my strength back up and restore peace. And I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I'm so excited because I'm doing an episode that's so near and dear to my heart because I can't tell you how many times I was told or I read or I was educated to offer my addicted loved one empathy. And I remember thinking in my head, empathy, are you kidding me? And it is, I'm just being completely honest here that for my situation, and I'm sure a lot of you listening here too, when you're looking for advice, you're looking for support, you're looking for love, compassion, and understanding. The last thing you kind of want to hear is you need to have empathy for the addicted loved one in your life. Because let's face it when you are when you love someone battling addiction or you are with someone over the years if you're like me and so many people that i've talked to you've witnessed their lies you've witnessed their manipulation you've witnessed their destructive behavior patterns and and you have been you have had a lot of immense pain and it has probably led to a lot of turmoil in your life cuz i know it did for me So every time I was told or that I read or that the advice of how to get through loving someone with an addiction or losing someone to addiction was to extend empathy uh, and to help them. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's, It's so hard. So each time that we extend empathy, we're Hoping to understand their struggles. We're focused on the addicted loved one in our life. And then every time we do extend empathy, and I know this happened to me over and over and over again, they take advantage. He took advantage of my kindness. He took advantage of me, of my kindness and my understanding and my empathy. It's like, oh, you know, we're dealing with a chronic sinus infection, or we're dealing with, you know, depression or like ups and downs, maybe it's blood sugar levels. Maybe it's this, like I gave him so much empathy and seeking out understanding on so many levels that I have to say, I, I just kept getting back into that destructive path of his addiction. And it became increasingly difficult to have empathy because of his actions And he'd shattered my trust. Um, There was our bonds in our relationship were shattered and strained. And so this hurt, this disappointment that I experienced made it so challenging to put myself in his shoes, to genuinely understand and comprehend his perspective. Now, I don't know if you're feeling the same thing, but I thought I have to do an episode on this because... It's incredible that when you search Google search or or just even go to support groups, a lot of it is based around this concept of understanding the disease or understanding the other person and practicing empathy. Now, I get it, and I'm a really, you know, empathetic person. I'm kind, but I have to say when it came to addiction, the complexities of addiction, it got me into trouble. And I feel like it became harder and harder to be empathetic. And so I thought, okay, let's do a podcast episode on this and, you know, I was questioning constantly why should I continue to offer empathy when it feels like it only is enabling their destructive behavior and it's making me be like a doormat, getting walked on and taken advantage of. And it was a constant cycle of broken promises, emotional turmoil, and just the toll was that is what literally made me feel like saving you is killing me and that's why we call this the podcast saving you is killing me loving someone with an addiction the podcast the book everything because that's what it feels like and that's what happens and so this constant cycle of broken promises emotional turmoil the toll that it takes on our own well-being it makes it seem almost impossible at times to extend empathy and in these circumstances. And so I just want you to feel like you're not alone. If you're feeling that frustration, that like, what? You're telling me to be empathetic when this, 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 and this has happened. I just want to humanize it for you. I want you to feel and know that it's pretty normal. And I hear it a lot within the groups. And also, if you're feeling that frustration when, you know, the psychological community or someone who hasn't been in the muck of loving or losing someone to addiction gives you that advice, then it sort of kind of doesn't land well. (laughs) And I just want to give you that permission to be human and, and recognize that, yeah, this doesn't feel so great. And so, It's so important to acknowledge that that addiction is so complex and it profoundly impacts, yes, the individual, but also the loved ones in such a profound way. I always say we're the ones that need empathy here. And so it's essential to separate the person that that we are the the addicted loved one in our life from the addiction. And that's really what this message is here is to having that ability to separate the person from the addiction and recognize that their destructive behavior is a result of what they're struggling with. It's a result of their addiction. It's a result of their struggle. And so I, the message in this idea of empathy is to, recognize that, okay, we're dealing with addiction and we need to separate the person from the addiction. And that is kind of the message. And that is even hard, right? When it's their behavior that's coming alive and what we're seeing and actions speak louder than words and this and that. So the message here is that finding a balance between empathy and self-preservation becomes crucial. Now, we don't want to just be, you know, empathetic all the time trying to be understanding, especially when we're up against addiction addiction is messy it's complex it's it's you know it impacts us on so many levels so my message here and you know we're all about taking back your power focusing on you is about finding that perfect balance between empathy and self-preservation that is so crucial it is all about requiring you to recognize your own clear boundaries. When things have been crossed, you know, then you may not want to be as empathetic, but you want to be understanding to some degree, but have those boundaries so they're not crossing over into um deteriorating your your mental health and your well-being and also to seek support for yourself talk to friends reach out to people so you can kind of know the difference between and the balance between empathy and reach out to people who have are been through this so they understand um, that the challenges and the complexities of why it's so hard to be empathetic and to be understanding and and basically what we want to do is make sure we're holding that addicted loved one accountable for their actions That's important like we can't just be all passive and like oh I understand you're doing that because you have an addiction. Oh I understand or, you'll be fine tomorrow morning after you sober up and then we'll have a real conversation. So everything you do while you're addicted or well sorry while you're using you all those actions don't count but the sad part is is that it does. And the sad part is, is that we are affected by those actions. And so this idea here is that we want to still be able to hold that person accountable. And so you can see that fine balance between empathy and understanding addiction and self-preservation. Holy cow, right? And so empathy in this context means that we're not condoning and we're not enabling destructive behaviors. We're not passing it off like, Oh, that's okay. You know, it's because they have an addiction, they have a disease and you can hear my sarcasm and we want to not do that because it's basically it's excusing out their behavior and that it's still not acceptable and i always say abuse is abuse is abuse is abuse whether they're under the influence or not and so this idea is is that understanding the underlying pain and the struggles that they're going through that drive their their actions that's more the empathy that's tolerable or that's, you know, that seems fair to us as the loved ones of addiction. Um, So navigating this delicate balance is really crucial for us. It can be challenging and it's okay to feel this conflict. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like, I felt that conflict. And so, just knowing that I'm giving you that permission slip and I needed that permission. It's like, what be empathetic for that behavior. Are you kidding? So remember that balance. It's not condoning the behavior. It's more about understanding the pain and struggle that that person is going through as a, as a result of their addiction. If the addiction is driving their actions, having that understanding but not condoning the behavior by no means and recognizing that, Empathy is one aspect, but self preservation becomes crucial as well. And so, by focusing on your own well being, it can provide you with this wonderful ability to navigate through these complexities of addiction. And it can help us with healing, it can help us with resilience, it can help us with understanding addiction, but having that balance. And so, I thought it was so interesting that this idea of understanding that the challenges of empathy, empathy is challenging. And it's, so I thought like, okay, well, like what is in it? Like, what can we do about this challenge of empathy? And so when we're faced with the challenges that arise, when we're trying to have empathy for our loved ones that are struggling with addiction, but we're also recognizing that we need to preserve ourselves Um, and that it it is possible. So some of the things we can do is just self-reflection. And so take time to reflect on your own emotions, on your own biases, on your own expectations, and understand that it's normal to feel conflicted and frustrated. And also in this time, acknowledge your own needs, acknowledge your own boundaries while remaining open to the possibility of Hmm, some empathy, it's like some degree of understanding. And so this idea of self-reflection is key because obviously it's self-awareness, it's becoming more aware of, you know, what are your emotions? What are some of your judgments or biases that might be creeping in? And what are your expectations? Right. And that can kind of help us um, and understand that it's normal when we are, when we love someone or have lost someone to addiction to be confronted with frustration and like, you know, all kinds of emotions and that's normal, but then also recognizing that we need to stand up for our own needs. We need to stand up for our own boundaries while remaining open to the possibility of also trying to understand what could be going on for them. So that is the nice fine balance. And then the other key is obviously educating yourself. So learning about addiction and learning about it in terms of this concept of, it's a disease. It starts with a choice. It moves into a disease. It changes their brain chemistry. I don't always love using the description of being a disease, but educating yourself on the causes of addiction, the effects of addiction, on what's happening in your addicted loved one without sucking away your own well being, without sucking away your own personal strength and well being. So, and, and this is this is the element I rem, I remember I came I became a researcher when it came to educating myself on addiction that did help me have a little bit more empathy for um when I was with my addicted loved one and it made me understand so that I didn't take it personally I think that educating piece helped me understand like oh it's it's typical for them to abandon you for days. Oh, it's typical for them to pick fights with you and make you seem like the problem. It's typical for them, Da 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 da. You get the idea, right? And what that did by educating myself and having understanding or empathy of what it's like to be in their shoes, it actually, that education made me a little more okay with understanding it's not about me. I'm not the cause of this. And the way he's acting is the way he he's acting is because of his addiction. And then it made me understand the whole situation a lot better and allowed me to take that pressure off of me thinking that I was like instigating this, or I caused the addiction, or I drove him to do this and that. And um, so you can see that, that, that education piece can help us. This is wonderful ways to help us with this idea of understanding the challenge of empathy and understand that it's hard to exercise empathy, but especially when someone's abandoning you. But by that education piece, it kind of helps you see, oh, it's common for this. Oh, this is kind of typical behaviors. And so this is so important, right? The other thing that I really did is this idea of reaching out to people who are in similar situations. That is literally why I created the SYKM podcast. I created the community. I created the support group. Please, 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 if you have not joined us, we there's a bunch of loving people here. And we understand we have had similar experiences. And so the more support groups you can join or online communities where you can share these challenges, where you can gain insight, where you can receive support from individuals who understand what you're going through so they can offer you empathy. That's a great balance, right? So you can receive understanding and people know what it's like to be in your shoes. Man, that is why I created this podcast because I know wholeheartedly what it's like. To be in your shoes. I have lived a, serious, a similar experience. And so the other piece of this is establishing clear boundaries to protect your well being. This is the key when we're navigating empathy and also self preservation. So you want to make sure that you're protecting your well being while still offering support. And that's key because we can get sucked into that world of loving you is killing me. And we want to determine, you know, what behaviors you're willing to tolerate, what and basically communicate them. And, and if nobody's listening to them, make sure you know them wholeheartedly and um and be assertive around that and know that these boundaries are for you and your protection of your well-being. And so balancing this idea of understanding and empathy with also having your boundaries. This is our way to balance this. So the other thing is practicing active listening and and being available and communicating with your loved ones. I tried this and it was so hard. You know, here I am being all loving and listening and trying to be understanding and trying to stay calm. I would do that graystone thing where you act like a gray stone where you don't react (laughs) because we, we don't want my, I didn't want my buttons to be pushed. And this Active listening is so hard when you're communicating with your loved one with addiction, right? So the idea here is to pay attention to their emotions, to their experiences and their struggles without judgment. But then also allowing that to foster more understanding and pave the way for more meaningful conversations. But let's face it. It is so hard to do that. So that is the struggle. So then you want to balance that act of listening and understanding and and support with also self-preservation and making sure like picking their good times and making sure that you are looking after yourself and don't even bother if, you know, your buttons are going to be pushed and don't even bother if someone is high or, you know, inactive addiction because it it just doesn't get through. Um, And so, and then recognizing when uh, is a good time to extend your empathy to your addicted loved one. So these are all supports that uh, suggestions maybe I hope it helps you kind of navigate this idea of um balancing empathy and and focusing on your addicted loved one and understanding their shoes and being in their shoes kind of thing but then also self-preservation practicing self-care prioritizing your well-being engaging in activities that bring you joy And and focusing on taking breaks for yourself and looking after yourself and and recognizing that you can have empathy from a distance as well. And um, it's so essential, right? So finding empathy for an addicted loved one or for an addict is so challenging. It can be a challenging process that requires obviously self-reflection, some education, some support, uh, and establishing those boundaries become key as well well. And so we want to make sure that we're taking these steps to balance and navigating the challenges more effectively so that we're fostering an environment that supports our self-preservation, but also helps our addicted loved one in terms of understanding and having empathy. And so I always think, okay, well, what's in it for us? Yes, we can be so empathetic to our addicted loved one. It's all for them. I understand. I understand. But There are some things that are good for us when it comes to empathy, which is understanding or putting yourself in someone else's shoes and offering It's like a wonder what it's like to have that. It's offering this, this understanding when it comes to having empathy for our loved ones who struggle with addiction you might be wondering what's in it for me. I know I was because I was like, what? It's all about them. But it can actually help us with emotional resilience. As, you know, our conversations going here, you can see that there are some benefits for us. It actually can be empowering. And so... Emotional resilience, so developing empathy allows us to build emotional resilience and in the positive psychology world, by understanding and validating the experiences of our loved ones, or understanding by understanding this, we are better equipped to navigate the emotional challenges that might arise right? So we understand what might come up for them, but also what might come up for us. So it actually makes us more resilient in the long run. Sometimes it's hard when you're right there in the muck, I know. Um, So this resilience can actually extend into other areas of our lives as well. And so it is great because it can help us have more emotional understanding and allow us to better navigate the situation that we're in. So emotional resilience is a benefit of empathy. The other thing is it will eventually foster and strengthen relationships. So, you know, empathy fosters deeper connection. It helps to strengthen relationships. Now, Addiction is complex, so it makes it a little bit different, but by actively listening, trying to understand, offering support of your loved ones, you can create a foundation of trust from your side and also some compassion and understanding. Remember though, that balance of self-preservation is key, right? And this, this fostering of relationship can lead to healthier and more meaningful relationships, but please don't forget about your boundaries. Don't forget about preserving yourself and your own self-worth and your self-care and self-preservation as well. The other thing that it's in it for us if we offer empathy is personal growth. It feels good to be empathetic, to understand what's going on. It encourages what we call in positive psychology, a growth mindset, and it allows for personal growth and self-reflection. And so even if you're not necessarily extending the empathy right to them, but you're sitting back uh, from a point of understanding self-reflection and personal growth, it allows you to have a little bit more of an open mind outlook or to um, to also see things, expand your perspective. And you'll take that not only in this situation, but also you'll take it into other areas of growth in your life. You'll gain insight into yourself, your beliefs, into your capacity for compassion. And what a great, uh, what a great benefit. So the other thing that it does help, and we kind of touched on it already, is this idea of emotional regulation. So by practicing empathy, it can help us regulate our own emotions effectively, right? When we understand the struggles and the pain that our loved one might be experiencing, or we extend, if we in general, when we practice empathy and we start to understand what others might be going through, it really allows us to look at our own responses and look at our own self and our own anger or frustration and respond to it in a more compassionate way towards ourselves as well. And so this is really good. It's great for emotional regulation. It can contribute to greater emotional stability and well-being. So empathy can actually help us. So even I know when I'm in the support group and I'm responding to some posts or I'm making my posts myself, my heart goes out to everyone's, what they're posting and what's going on. And I have so much empathy and understanding. And it really allows me and also validates Those feelings that I had, and it allows me to understand my frustration and anger. It allows me to respond to my own personal frustration and anger in a more compassionate way when I extend empathy as well. So this is also another benefit: is a sense of fulfillment when we offer empathy and support to someone in need of it. It can bring us a sense of purpose and fulfillment in our life. So there is a benefit to that as well, and if we are to focus on the addicted loved one in our life, contributing to their recovery, when we are empathetic, it can play a crucial role in their recovery process of our loved ones. And by understanding their struggles more fully and offering support while preserving our own self, um, it can really create an environment that promotes healing, that promotes motivation, that gives them a sense of being understood. So your empathy can actually serve as a beacon of hope and it can actually help encourage them to a path of recovery. Remember, we though have we we cannot control someone else's addiction. So that's about it. Remembering that practicing empathy does not mean sacrificing your own well-being. It does not mean enabling destructive behaviors. It is about supporting your loved one while taking care of yourself. And through empathy, we can not only contribute to their journey, but we can also Contribute to our own journey of personal growth, of resilience, of feeling stronger and strongerly connected to the relationships in our life and our own life. So, I hope that was helpful. We're breaking down these barriers and that actually empathy can have some rewards for ourselves. And what we're doing is we're making sure that we're balancing and we are acknowledging the challenge of empathy when. It's understanding that it is challenging when for when we love someone with an addiction. It is so hard at times. And you're, at first, you're kind of thinking, what? I have empathy for that? But I hope I kind of helped with breaking the barriers, understanding the challenges of empathy for loved ones of an addict. That's us. And uh, just kind of tapping into that a little bit, that there is something for us in there and that it can help us. And so just remember that empathy is that ability to understand and to share potentially the feelings of another person, to put yourself in their shoes and recognizing their emotions and responding in a compassionate and understanding way. And when it comes to addiction, practicing empathy can actually help us. But at the same token, we want to make sure we're balancing that with self-preservation, that we're balancing it with the benefits of empathy for ourselves, and that it can actually unlock connection and compassion for others and ourselves. So I hope that that This episode has helped you. I'm sending love and compassion through the line. I hope it wraps around you and just lifts you up because I know the darkness of addiction can really pull us in. And if you haven't already, I would invite you to purchase the book, Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction, because... We talk all about this in this, in the book. I talk about empathy and understanding and um, compassion and then how we can flip it onto ourselves and make it really about us and taking back our power and understanding the complexities of addiction. So I also have super exciting news. You are basically the first to hear. I did mention it to one person in the support group. Uh, The audible version of this book is coming in the next couple weeks, and I'm so excited because, let's face it, sometimes, you know what, we don't want to have a book in front of us, and we want to just listen to it while we're driving, or we want to get out and just go for a nice walk, and I would love to just, you know, be there for you and have you have my book in your ear so you can listen to the book if uh, reading it isn't your first choice. And so it's coming soon. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay so i'll give you more details about it as um as i have more details about it and i just wanted to give you a little sneak peek about it of course the sykm support group facebook group will be the first to know and so please come into that facebook group we are a wonderful community that knows all about your experiences of loving or losing someone to addiction. So please, please, please come. You are not alone. We are here for you. We are a wonderful group. And uh, I hope that this this supports you and helps you in in many ways. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes and. Of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me not only today but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.